welcome to episode two of the Weird Science DC Comics New 52 Review Podcast. I am your one and only host again, Jim Werner, and the reason why I am your one and only host is I decided to do an extra episode. Maybe we'll call this episode 1.5. Actually, we'll just call it episode two uh, because calling it 1.5 is a pain in the butt. But this is not going to be about the New 52. It's going to be about what led to the New 52, what actually created that universe, and that is the Flashpoint event. And Flashpoint was five issues that came out in July and August of 2011, written by Jeff Johns and drawn by Andy Kubert. And I know that when we talk about the New 52 books, we're going to do them in trades. I'm actually going to talk about Flashpoint as individual issues, only because I think that when Jeff Johns was writing this, you can really tell that everything in an issue led up to a big cliffhanger that then would carry over to the next issue. So I will do them as individual issues, obviously starting with issue number one. Barry, are you all right? Mom? Mom. Oh, that was a nasty spill, even for you. Let me see your head. I'm fine. Mom, it's you. You're here. Well, of course I'm here. You promised me you'd take me to dinner on my birthday. It's my birthday. The end of the world can't stop that. And I will start with the solicit that came out. For this issue, and it said, not a dream, not an imaginary story, not an Elseworld. This is a flash fact. When Barry Allen wakes at his desk, he discovers the world has changed. Family is alive, loved ones are strangers, and close friends are different, gone, or worse. It's a world on the brink of a cataclysmic war, but where are Earth's greatest heroes to stop it? It's a place where America's last hope is Cyborg, who hopes to gather the forces of the Outsider, the Secret Six, Shazam, Citizen Cold, and other new and familiar yet altered faces. It's a world that could be running out of time if the Flash can't find the villain who altered the timeline. And as the issue starts, It is with a narration that is an unknown narrator at this point who stresses that they are not the hero of the story. And you get a series of flashbacks kind of getting everybody up to speed about who Barry Allen Flash is. It even starts with him as a young kid with his mom, Nora, still alive, on the side of the road changing a tire. But then you also see the accident that causes him to become Flash. And it seems at this point that they're really spelling out that everything is pretty good for Barry. You see him actually get married to Iris. You see the whole Flash family with him. And then it ends with him with the Justice League. And the narration says at this end, Barry thought yesterday was finally behind him, but somebody wouldn't let him escape it. When Barry came to me for help, I turned him away. But I'm not the hero of this story. I'm a man who's been corrupted by his own unbearable pain. I'm a man who has too much blood on his hands to be called good. I'm a man who had nothing left to live for until the day I met Flash. So up until this point, There's nothing really to point out that things have changed or anything is crazy, but that changes pretty quickly. As Forrest wakes up Barry, he is in the Central City Police Department office. Uh, Forrest wakes him up and says, come on, Barry, we got to get going. I know we've been working overtime with Miss Alchemy's murder. 
And Barry just – he's coming out of a scene well, Miss Alchemy. Who's Miss Alchemy? And at that point, Singh comes out, starts yelling at everyone. We got to go do this. We know that Citizen Cold's involved. I don't care if he says he's a hero. And Barry's confused. He's Citizen Cold. Don't you mean Captain Cold of the Rogues? And Singh looks at him and is like, who the hell are the rogues? And right there, if you're reading this, you're no – Things have gone wrong. Something has changed that, you know, Citizen Cold. Uh, but then they hear that there is a shootout between Citizen Cold and the Pied Piper right now at the Citizen Cold Museum. And they turn to Barry. Barry's gone. Barry, he's still the Flash. He gets up, runs. He's going to it. And as he's going down the stairs, he goes to shoot his costume out of the ring. He doesn't have a ring, and this is where he notices, oh, my God, where's my ring? He falls down. Now, again, things are a little wonky here, but maybe he left his ring at home. But when he does come to and looks up, his mother is there. His mother, Nora Allen, is right there. And now, if you didn't get the hints before, you know things have changed and she has come there. She says, you said you'd take me out for my birthday uh, for dinner. And Barry gets up, and he's just uh, right away. He's so excited. Uh, I'll give him credit and not credit with the fact that he just accepts this full out. He just gets up and hugs her uh, like a wish has come true. And he says, you know, where's dad? And it's kind of one of those monkey paw things when she says, Have you, did you hit your head? Are you okay? And he, he did just fall down the stairs right in front of her. But – his dad's been dead now for three years from a heart attack. She tells him that, and he kind of is embracing that. And then he says, listen, I, I'm the Flash, and she doesn't know. She's never heard of the Flash. Nobody has heard of the Flash. And then he goes down a series of things like uh, the Justice League. I'm part of the Justice League. What's the Justice League? You know, Superman. I don't know what you're talking about. A Superman? And then he does say, you know, have you heard of Batman? And that's when Nora says, <laughs> everybody's heard of Batman. And you get the idea. Okay, now Barry has found an anchor, at least, that he can go and look into what the heck's going on now that he knows that there is at least a Batman in this world. But we do head from there off to see this Batman. And it is not a Batman that we're used to. This is a very violent Batman. It's a very angry Batman and an older Batman. Where's the Joker? <laughs> Where, Yo-Yo? Tell me where the Joker's funhouse is this time, while you can still talk. Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Oh. Let me help you get it off. And Jeff John shows us this with a pretty cool scene where he is chasing down Yo-Yo. And you find out Yo-Yo is connected to the Joker. And when he catches up to her, he wants to know where the Joker is because in a really cool twist... Uh, Judge Harvey Dent's twins have been kidnapped, and he wants to know where they are. He wants to save them, and she just laughs, says things like, you know, the Joker's in everyone, and those kids are probably already dead. Oh, Batman's had enough of this, hangs her off the side of a building and just drops, lets her go, lets her go to what he thinks is going to be her death. He doesn't have any, you know, need for her anymore. Uh, luckily for her, Cyborg actually flies in and saves her and then goes up to have a little chat with Batman. And this is probably my favorite part of the issue because Jeff Johns is going to give us the entire, pretty much the background of the conflict that goes throughout this book by just naturally having Cyborg wanting Batman to join him into forming what would be this universe's 
Justice League, a superhuman resistance. And they have a ton of characters here, and they're cool just to see. You have Citizen Cold, you have the Pied Piper, you have Element Woman, Enchantress, The Outsider, Blackout. Uh, just it goes on Abin Sir, just crazy amount of characters here, and he wants them to join this resistance. And you get the idea that this is something he's been trying a, a bunch of times, and it, it's just failing. But he's brought them all together because without really asking, he is telling everyone, hey, Batman's involved. We're going to have Batman. Let's go. Who's with me? And it's not exactly a 100% yay. There's some nays. Uh, but because Batman's involved... It seems like everybody is going to get involved with this. And you find out what this resistance would be about. Basically, Aquaman and Wonder Woman are tearing the world apart in a war to control the world. Uh, you have Wonder Woman who has taken over Europe and claimed it to be the new Themyscira. And at one point, Citizen Cold even says, you know, I'm not going there. I heard they castrate any man that, that hits the shores. And then you also have Aquaman who has pretty much sunk half of Europe, it seems, for, to take his deal back. And at that point, the Shazam family is there and talking. And they're even saying, like, Hey, Tawny can't breathe underwater, and neither can I. But like I said, with Batman involved, everybody seems to begrudgingly accept, okay, we're going to get together. We're going to do this, even though we hate each other. Uh, because of that, though, Batman basically turns to Cyborg. And it's funny because through this whole thing, Cyborg doesn't even seem to have asked Batman. He's just going to present it thinking possibly that Batman's a good enough guy, even though he just threw Yo-Yo off the side of a building. Uh that he's going to be a good enough guy to agree to go to do what's right. Batman wants no parts of it. Batman just turns around. It's like anytime you finally get – because the other thing is these people, all these heroes or villains or whatever you'll call them, they're there. Most of them are holograms. They're not even together on this rooftop. And Batman says the minute you put them in the same room – uh, they're going to kill each other. They, they hate each other. This is not a team. It, it even it, it makes me think a lot of what happens with the Suicide Squad and the concept of the Suicide Squad. But Batman says, no, I'm out of here. I, I don't want any parts of this and leaves. And basically because of that, the rest of the people are you know, yelling for a revote or just leaving themselves. If Batman's not involved, they're not going to be involved either. And now back in Central City, you see Barry wants to go find Iris, and when he goes there, he's asking, hey, has anybody seen uh, Mrs. Allen, uh, Iris Allen? And they, who's uh, Iris Allen? We don't know who that is. Do you mean Iris West? And he's, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, as he sees her then, uh, the moment is, is completely destroyed because he sees that she is with somebody else. Uh, she does not know who he is, and she is actually with somebody else. And this is it. This is like, oh, crap, shit has gone wrong. I've got to figure out what's happening here and again his mom did tell him there is a batman that is the only thing that he has in this new world that he recognizes or at least hopes that they would recognize him so he drives off to gotham city goes to the wayne manor which is pretty run down uh he goes in he you know hello and alfred anybody here and nobody answers him so he knows how to get in the back cave so he goes he pushes the clock aside and again things are really run down he goes down and there is a very crude very small uh back cave there and he goes and he sees there is a glass case with a gun that he looks at. He also sees a picture of Thomas 
Martha and Bruce. And that's when the narration that started the issue picks up again and says, the first time I met Barry Allen, I nearly killed him. Like I said, I'm not the hero of the story. And that's when you realize that Batman is the, indeed the narrator of this story. And he, Batman just throws Barry and just is yelling, who the hell are you? How do you, and he says, Bruce, wait. And that's when Batman stops. And Barry says, you have to remember, it's me. It's Barry Allen, Bruce. And, and Batman stops and goes, Bruce? And Barry says, yes, I, I know you're Bruce. I know your real name. And that's when Batman says, Bruce is dead. I watched him die. And Barry's shocked. And that's when he realizes. And he says, oh, my God, you're Thomas Wayne. Who are you? I said, who the hell are you? Bruce, wait! You have to remember, it's me, it's Barry, Barry Allen. Bruce! 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 Bruce is dead. I watched him die. My God, he's the one who died that night in the alley. Bruce died, and you lived. You're his father. You're Thomas Wayne. And that's the cliffhanger of issue one. And it's a crazy cliffhanger. And I'll tell you, just in general, the art in this issue, and I'll just keep continue, continuing saying this throughout this whole episode. The art's great. It, it, it's fantastic. And Jeff Johns, y- you start to remember just if, if you jumped on a rebirth and only read the rebirth issue, which was an awesome issue, but it, it, I just miss the guy. I want him to write more because it's so good. And he doesn't set up a story by just saying like through a narration, just this is how it is. Aquaman's doing this. Wonder Woman's doing this. You get it as a natural progression as you're learning. And the best thing about this is, is you're almost with Barry Allen. Uh, learning about this new Flashpoint universe. The, the universe is unfolding before your eyes just as it is for Barry's. And so some things are confusing, but they're confusing in, a, in an exciting way. So th- this first issue, I think, did a great job of setting everything up from here. And really, when you find out that Batman is Thomas Wayne, right away you want to know what the heck happened, how did Bruce die, and what's what the heck's going on, and what's going to go. So really awesome cliffhanger to lead us into issue number two. Okay, I'm going to open up issue number two, again, reading the solicit for the issue. And this solicit said, the world-changing miniseries continues. Where are the world's greatest superheroes? Barry Allen is on a mission to find out or die trying, and that may be what's happening as he tries to make lightning strike twice. Meanwhile, around the submerged Paris, Pirate Destro confronts Emperor Aquaman. And that's a pretty good way to start off the issue because it does, in fact, start with Destro, who is in pretty much pirate motif, where he is going and he's looking for sunken treasure with the help of Sonar. Uh, also on his crew appears to be Clayface, and they're going and... Unfortunately for them, they get too close to the submerged ruins of Paris, which you see 
with the Eiffel Tower sticking out of the water, and they are attacked then by Aquaman, Emperor Aquaman, and his brother Ocean Master, and they pretty much, you're led to believe they kill everybody, the whole crew, and Jeff Johns does a good job here of showing us. Now, this is the first time we're seeing Aquaman. We've heard a little bit about what is going on with this war in Europe between him and Wonder Woman, but we haven't seen Aquaman himself, and now we see him, and we see that he's pretty much a ruthless bastard. And we then go back to the Batcave, and if you thought that Thomas Wayne Batman was just going to accept that Barry was who he says, and that he's a friend, you're sadly mistaken. Pretty much, he is beating the crap out of Barry. He even breaks his finger at one point, as Barry's desperately trying to tell him who he is. And there's a funny part even that he says, I am Barry Allen. I'm the Flash. I'm the fastest man alive. And basically, Batman punches him right in the face and says, you're not fast enough to avoid that. Uh, As this is going on, suddenly, Barry is flooded with memories from this universe. He sees Aquaman taking over, uh, flooding Europe. He sees the Blitzkrieg of London by Wonder Woman and things like that. And then he realizes, listen, I, I get it now. I'm not in an alternate universe. I'm not in a parallel dimension. This is real. I, I'm in a real world now. And Batman stops and says, you know, this is the first thing that is making sense. Well, as this is going on, all of a sudden, the flash ring falls on the ground. And Barry picks it up and says, listen, this is going to be proof. I'm going to show you, Batman, that I am what I'm I'm saying. This is a ring that holds – it's a compartment that holds my uniform, my costume. Uh, And he explains kind of what that's all about. But then when he activates it, the costume that comes out is the – Eobard Thawne reverse flash costume and Barry's confused but tells Batman exactly who this Eobard Thawne is. I'll humor you. See? I told! Not what you were expecting? No. Thawne. Who? The man this uniform belongs to. My opposite. The reverse flash. Eobard Thawne. What kind of name is Eobard? The 25th century kind. He replicated the accident that allowed me to tap into the Speed Force. Became a criminal. Professor Zoom. Speed Force? The Speed Force allows both of us to bend the laws of physics using super speed. He can travel through time. You're suggesting that he changed something in the past. That changed everything. So Barry tells Batman about Eobard Thawne about the reverse flash also even says he's probably here. He moves so fast. He's probably here watching us, uh, just invisible because he's so fast. But he does tell him, listen, this is the guy who killed my mother, uh, had my father convicted for it. And, you know, in my reality, and Thomas then starts asking, you, you mentioned Bruce. What about Bruce? And he says, Bruce was one of my best friends. And he's the one who survived. He became Batman, not you. You actually died. Bruce survived the shooting in the alley. He became Batman. And right then, it's like a light goes off in in Thomas's head. Like, can you change this back? And it's such a little part at this moment, but it's such a big thing for a father to just, you you see right away that this is what he's going to be obsessed with helping Barry do from this moment forward, because he wants to have a reality where his son did survive. But Barry says, yeah, we might be able to do this, but I can't without the speed force. I have to get my speed back. But before that, we go off to London, 
new Themyscira, no longer England, new Themyscira, and you see a a blonde-haired guy. I think it's pretty easy to realize right away. It's Steve Trevor, and he's yelling into a comm, you know, I got to get out of here. I'm at the rendezvous point. Where is the resistance? I am up to my neck in Amazons. I'm getting chased. And unfortunately for him, uh, the rendezvous point ends up being a rendezvous point for him and the Amazons led by Queen Diana. And she immediately puts the lasso around his neck. And I think this is a great way for Jeff Johns to show everyone again that this is not the Wonder Woman that we know. This isn't the kind, you know, uh, selfless Wonder Woman. This is a brutal Amazon. And she puts it around his neck and says... Who are you? And he resists a bit. And the other Amazons with Diana say, you know, what's going on? How is he resisting this? How can, how is this possible? And she basically says, it's not. And I get the idea. She tightens it up a little. And he then says, I am, my name's Colonel Steve Trevor, the United States Special Forces. I'm here to find Lois Lane. And one woman, you know, she may not be as great a reporter as Lois Lane, but she does have a follow-up question. Who is Lois Lane? And Steve goes on, and it's funny. At first, it's basically like trivial stuff. She's a Pulitzer Prize-winning author who's known for that. But it does get down to she's been embedded in New Themyscira for the last eight months, secretly gathering intel on you and the Amazons for Cyborg. She knows everything about you, all your moves you're about to make. She requested extraction, and I volunteered. And then for the final thing that does seem to dig into Wonder Woman a bit, He says, she's also the most beautiful woman I've ever met. And Wonder Woman kind of pauses there. And you wonder if this is a pause because of something that she kind of remembers from something else. At this point, it's just a pause. But then she says, you know, our counter spies are telling, say, you're telling the truth. We understand this. Now she knows a name. And uh, and she says to the other Amazons, you find me Lois Lane. Now, back in Gotham, we see that Barry is gathering up chemicals and setting up a chair that looks like he's trying to recreate the Speed Force accident that caused him to become Flash. And it doesn't just look like it. That is exactly what he's doing. And Thomas just is there basically like, this is not going to do this. You are not going to be the fastest man alive by doing this. This is insane. And says, they say lightning never strikes the same place twice. And Barry just says, they say a lot of things. And he straps it on, and it is a chair that's going to be like a lightning rod. He's got the chemicals there that are all going to spill in when he gets hit by lightning. And it is raining. Of course, it's Gotham. It's always lightning in Gotham. So you don't have that issue. But again, you get the idea here of how desperate already Barry is to just become the Flash so he can stop Eobard Thawne and, you know, of what has happened. But yeah, it happens then. He gets in the chair and the lightning goes and he yells, you know, come on, I'm right here. I'm right. Boom. He gets hit by lightning and it is a intense scene. Come on. I'm here! I'm right here! And yeah, as this is going on, Thomas then realizes something is not right. 
something's not right beyond the fact that this guy has doused himself in chemicals and allowed himself to be hit by lightning. Um, but he does douse out the flames that are consuming uh, Barry, and Barry is left looking like a burn victim that would give Eric Shea nightmares uh, for years, maybe possibly for the rest of his life. And it does look like at this point, you don't even know if Barry has survived this. He looks awful. And it's another crazy cliffhanger. And I loved it. And this issue itself, it's very quick moving. This issue, we did get to see Aquaman and Wonder Woman, you know, in the flesh. And we see that they're both just monsters, uh, that they are not going. I think that Jeff Johns does a really good job here of first off showing that they are way beyond anything that we would have seen in our universe, that they are just awful. But also you seeing both of them, you realize that a piece is not going to be something that can be brokered between them if if this whole thing doesn't end if they don't get if barry doesn't get the speed force back and doesn't go and fix this universe the the world's going to be destroyed by these two monsters but there there's also the bit too where thomas got that you know like i said when we talked about it earlier he got that light bulb go off that hey if i if this guy's telling the truth This is what I would always have wanted, my son to have survived. I'm willing to sacrifice everything to let my son live. Uh, And you get a little peek into this Thomas Wayne Batman where he is a brutal old guy, but he also must be just a guy who he doesn't like what's going on. He doesn't like this world. What Barry is telling him seems like the world that he wished would have happened. But we go from here. And yeah, up until this point, I'm still fully in. Uh, The art, again, is incredible. I said it before, I'll just keep saying that. I should say it's a given from here on out that the art is great, but yeah, it's great. The storytelling is just such fast-paced and, you know, really epic. So we'll go on now to issue number three. All right, we're at issue number three, and the solicit for this is very short. It says, Flash question. Will the Flash and his new allies be able to fix the world? Uh, We don't start with the Flash, though. We start in Detroit with Cyborg talking to the president. It's obvious it is the – it's President Obama, and he is asking – he needs more time. He's saying, listen, I need more time to get this resistance going. The president says, no, you're you're trying your best. It's not helping. Uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman, they're going to rip apart the world. We don't have any more time. Plus, they he mentioned Steve Trevor's signal has gone dead. They assume that he's dead as well, and his message never got to the, the, the resistance. It was intercepted, and the president says, you have a traitor in the mix here, and he thinks it's the outsider. Cyborg says, no, I don't think it's the outsider. He's motivated by money and nothing else, but... The, the whole thing is thrown out there. There is a traitor. Cyborg leaves the room, and that's when you see Element Woman there uh, looking very afraid. So it really is pushing that Element Woman is this traitor. But then we go back and see the Flash, and it, obviously we just heard it. Thomas Wayne has mummied up Barry Allen. He looks like a mummy. He is just a mess. He's still burned on almost every part of his body. But... He wants to try again. He says to to, uh, Batman, I need to try. We need a bigger bolt of lightning. 
And Batman's like, you're out of your mind. You can't do this. But Barry then says, listen, I can't forget. I can't forget. And, and Thomas says, forget what? And you find, you see, and he does explain to Batman then, uh, these memories of this new universe, they're starting to push away everything before. He thinks if he does not stop what he thinks Reverse Flash has done, he's just going to fully forget what was and accept this whole new universe as what is. And that includes what he says to Thomas, your son. Somehow I remember things from this timeline. How Aquaman destroyed most of Europe. Maybe that lightning jogged your memory. But I can remember my world as well. A world where Aquaman would die before harming innocent people. My memories are changing. Realigning with this new history Thon's created. Soon I'll forget my timeline and everyone in it. My wife, your son. We're getting that world back. <laughs> How? <sighs> we try again. So, and again, that is what Thomas Wayne in this universe, it, it, that's what drives him. That's what drives him to want to help Barry. He wants to have this good life for Bruce. So they do. They go up to the roof again. Uh, Batman puts Barry in the chair and just right away they get hit by lightning, including Thomas, who gets thrown off the roof Uh in the meantime, it looks like he is going to land on the fence, the spired fence around Wayne Manor. And just before he is going to die, you see that Barry has the power of the speed force. You see it in his eyes. You see the flash lightning bolt in his eyes. And in an instant, he runs down, saves Thomas Wayne by inches from hitting this fence. And then it's funny. He just sits there. He looks up and he tells Thomas, I told you so. So we have the Flash now back. Barry is the Flash. But before we go on with that, we head off to New Themyscira and we find out something huge. Uh, Lois Lane is trying to get a hold of Cyborg. She cannot get a hold of him. She's still trying to find the Resistance. And the reason she's desperate to find them now, she has found out that in the next day, tomorrow, Aquaman is going to attack. The uh, Aquaman and the Atlantean army are walking through the English Channel heading towards New Themyscira. And this big final battle is going to be tomorrow, and she desperately needs to find the resistance. She's down in the underground walking, and all of a sudden you hear some rhyming, and it is indeed my man, rhyming and stealing Etrigan, who comes out and says, Down here I heard your lovely breath, and I wondered if it brought us death. And she, it, she's scared. She's like, who's there? And that's when you see the resistance, which led by Grifter. He says, hey, name's Grifter. Welcome to the Resistance, and it's a pretty cool team. Yeah, we already said it has Etrigan, Grifter, you also have Mrs. Hyde, Godiva, and the one and only Canterbury Cricket. Yeah, the Canterbury Cricket, but we go back to Wayne Manor, and you see that Thomas is checking on Barry now that he has the Speed Force, and he is healing, and it slowly... And Barry explains how the Speed Force is, you know, healing him, but because it's it's going to take a while before he can be in what he calls high gear, it, it is still a slow process. But as this is going on, Thomas says, you know what, uh, you need your costume. Here you go, hands him the reverse Flash costume. And Barry just looks at it. He does not want that. He doesn't want any parts of it. And he says, I could even unweave it, break it down to the threads, alter its color. Uh, but there's stuff here in this cave 
I could go and make a new one. Zip, zoom, he's back, he's got it. And he's like, that's better. And he's in his Flash costume. Now it's time to really get down to work. Uh, Barry even says, now let's get back to work. They go to where the Bat computer is. And anybody who's used to seeing this huge, you know, Bat computer that Bruce usually has in the Bat Cave, this is basically just one little computer, just what, you know, what I'm doing this on right now. And it is even funny as they boot it up. Barry's like, God damn, it's taking so long to get this thing to boot up and uh, while this is going on you do have a thing where jeff johns does seem to want to explain you know kind of explain why barry can't just change things himself and just use the speed force now to go and do things and he says you know you do things like that it's very dangerous he mentions the butterfly effect he says you know one meaningless event can topple over a row of dominoes how he says it. and he just tries to explain that he can't do that But what he does, then he goes to look and what they're going to do or what Barry wants to do is to gather the Justice League. And when he goes, he sees Abin Sur is the Green Lantern. So obviously he never crashed. He never died. The ring never went to Hal. And he does uh, verify that. He looks at the Coast City Gazette and there is Hal. Hal is still just a test pilot. So he thinks, oh, this is Eobard. Eobard Thawne has done this. Because he is trying to change everything so that Barry could not reform the Justice League and change it back. So they're going and he's figuring out and he's like, well, you know, what about Superman? Did any, did, did a rocket crash about the time Bruce was born? Did a rocket crash in Metropolis? And in fact, one did. Uh, Bruce says it crashed into Metropolis. It slammed into Metropolis and it killed 35,000 people when it crashed. So this is not, you know, just crashing in Kansas. This is right Metropolis, but it was, it was, uh, said it was a terrorist attack. The government came and went in, tried to cover it up, say, oh, it was just a terrorist attack. Flash is telling him, no, no, no. I don't think that's the case. We need to find that rocket. So Batman says, I know somebody who can. It's obviously, it's Cyborg. And he goes to ask Cyborg about this in the meantime. They're not going to tell Flash's story. It, it's crazy. You're not going to go to Cyborg and say, hey, by the way, this is a guy from an alternate universe. who got changed, whatever. What they're saying is, listen, we're going to, I'm going to join the resistance. This is Batman telling this to Cyborg. And really, this is what Cyborg has wanted to hear all along because if Batman joins, so does everyone else. He says, if I'm going to do this, I need you to find out some classified information. We need to find out about this rocket that crashed into Metropolis. And at first, Cyborg says, you know, I I can't do that. But we know he can. And he does. He finds the government file that says that when that rocket crashed, they took it underneath uh, Metropolis to a secret underground facility called Project Superman. And also he finds out there was somebody in that rocket that they called Subject One. And Batman says, We're, we got to get there. You're going to tell me how to go there. And Subject says, no, I'm coming with you. And they do. They go into the underground facility under Metropolis or New Metropolis. And as they're going, they even pass where you find out that there were three subjects, not just one. And they pass one. It's crypto. You see that it's poor crypto too. He, he's just a skeleton. He did not survive. Uh, but then they get to the big cell. 
the big S there, you know that's where Superman is, and they break in, and what they find is just a scrawny man. And, I mean, he is obviously Superman, but this Superman is thin. He looks almost like Plastic Man. He is so thin. And Thomas turns to Barry and says, this is the most powerful man in the world. Uh, but as this happens, they are attacked by guards. Guards show up uh, and they fight their way out. And as they go out, they're still being chased. They get to the sun. The sun is out. It's daytime. And there's Superman for the first time in his existence, it seems, has is under a yellow sun. He sees it. And as these other guards come out, he turns and just heat visions a gun out of the guy's hand. And then, unfortunately for everyone else, he just flies away. He just flies away and leaves Cyborg, Barry, and Thomas with all these guards with their guns pointed at him. Is that Clark? This is the most powerful being on the planet? Hell, me... Oh, easy there, friend. Everything's gonna be fine now. Friend? That's right. Cyborg here is your friend. I'm your friend, too. Yeah, and this is such a huge issue. This is, by far, to me, as we're going, oh, this is cranking it up. If I was reviewing this issue, this might have been a 10 out of 10. It's really hard to find anything wrong with this. There's so many big things that happen in this. You see that we may know who is the traitor amongst the resistance. We see Barry get the Speed Force back, make his costume, and then explain things to Thomas. We see Lois Lane meet up with the resistance when also finding out that the next day is going to be the huge battle from Aquaman that should, if they don't stop it, the whole world's going to get destroyed. And we get... Uh, the Justice League forming with them finding the Superman and having it be the scrawny guy who has never seen the sun. It is, it's insane how good this issue is. And it just gets you excited to see what's next. Right, issue number four has the solicit flashback. The war between the Amazons and the Atlanteans has arrived. The battle between Diana of Themyscira and Emperor Aquaman will tear this world apart unless the Flash can fix it. And we start in Fawcett City where the Shazam kids are watching President Obama address the nation the world. Uh, saying that this conflict between the Amazons and the Atlanteans has got to stop. We pinned our hopes on the superpowers to kind of join together and stop this, this it was false hope. It's not going to happen. We're going to do things our way. And you go and see the kids arguing about if they should get involved. And I want to stop a second just to remind people that this is in the Flashpoint universe. This is not the typical Flash family. Uh, this is Billy Batson, Freddie Freeman, Mary Batson, a young man named Pedro, uh, another kid named Eugene, a girl named Darla, and Talkie Tawny, the tiger. And what happens in this, they actually form together to create Captain Thunder. The six humans transform into Captain Thunder, while Tawny transforms into a large armored tiger. And earlier in the first issue, when Cyborg was trying to get this resistance together, the Shazam family even talked about how Wonder Woman and Captain Thunder had fought before, and Wonder Woman had come out on top, actually had scarred 
Captain Thunder's face. So when they're arguing with each other about getting involved, this isn't just a, hey, you want to do this? Oh, I don't feel like doing it today. There's actually concern in them, especially Billy, because he pretty much thinks they, they might die if they do face Wonder Woman. And while they're arguing, we go off to Coast City and we see that what President Obama had said, that they're going to take matters in their own hands, the heck with these superpowers, uh, it's happening. And we see that it's happening with Hal Jordan, Hal Jordan, test pilot, highball, Hal Jordan, he is going, Hector Hammond has redone his F-35 fighter, and they have a strike missile in a, a neat little twist. The strike missile is made by uh, Queen Industries, and it's called the Green Arrow, and Hal says, they say it always hits its target. Uh, Hector says, listen, Hal, you're crazy, you're not afraid of what's going on, how can you go and do this? And pretty much Hal says that I'm worried about everything. I worry about what's going to happen with this war. I'm worried about what's going to happen to myself, Carol, the rest of the world. He's terrified. But he says once he gets in that cockpit, he cannot have that fear overtake him or he would just go run and hide. I, I think it's a really cool way for Jeff Johns to go and say, listen, this is still Hal Jordan. Just Avin Soar didn't die. So Hal Jordan never became the Green Lantern. But yeah, they take off off to New Themyscira uh, to bomb it and stop the war. Uh, but we head off to Metropolis now to catch up with what was last issue's cliffhanger with Batman, Cyborg, and Flash fighting off the guards of the Superman project. And if you remember, Superman just flew off. The minute that he got his powers back, he took off. And Flash still holds hope out that Superman will return. Batman tells him he's crazy. There's no way he's returning. He flew off like a scared little kid. In the meantime, the guards have been given clearance to use lethal force, and it looks like they may overtake the heroes when all of a sudden a pink gas hits the battlefield there, kind of a, a whole thing. And it's funny because Flash thinks it's metamorpho. In fact, it is Element Woman, and she shows up, and she's obviously a little crazy. She has got subdued the guards with her gas and then just starts getting all excited to be around the heroes. And Batman... I justifiably says, you know, she's crazy. She should be an Arkham cyborg trusser. And this is where we find out before, where we thought that Element Woman was the traitor in the Resistance. She was not. The reason why she was following Cyborg around all this time is in that first issue, when Cyborg was trying to get the Resistance together before Batman left and it all fell apart, Element Woman was all excited. She wanted in. She wanted in right away. And basically because nobody had ever asked her to join a team. So right away, though, you, you kind of take a liking to her. She's so nice, even in a crazy way. But you, you don't have much time to really react anyway, because all of a sudden Barry goes into what seems to be a seizure. And it is basically the memories of his universe, our universe, melding or kind of combining with things in this Flashpoint universe. And it's more of that continuation of if we don't stop this soon, not only is it just – it's not that the world won't exist, but Barry's going to forget about it. He's going to forget about it. And this whole thing is this is where you get that idea that the end game is going to be Barry trying to remember and put back together the universe that he came from, our universe. And he's very worried now that he's not going to be able to do that. What's wrong with him? He's having a seizure. Memories collapsing in on each other. we got to get him out of here. Fight it, Alan. Don't forget my son. And what happens now is that 
Batman gets Flash. He gives him some anti-seizure medicine, but then they head off to Fawcett City because Batman has heard at some point the Sandman had – I don't know if they're really pointing that it's the same type of deal, but the Sandman had memory issues and the Captain Thunder Lightning had cured them. So he takes – Barry there and says to Billy Batson, you've got to help with this mental deterioration. And Billy is reluctant at first, but then he does. He kind of gives him a mind melt and he sees himself in our universe. He sees Shazam. He sees the Flash family. And the big thing that he says is, you know, where are you? Where is this guy from? I saw a world with hope. And it's a big moment. But it's interrupted by a report that the attack, the U.S. attack led by Hal Jordan has failed. Uh, as they were going towards Europe, they got attacked and, and met by invisible jets. And they do have the news that the first confirmed casualty is in fact Hal Jordan. And this is too much for Flash. Uh, everything is going wrong. Everybody he loves seems to be dying and, and whatnot. So he grabs Batman, takes him out in the kitchen there of the house and says, you know what? This isn't make-believe anymore. This isn't just a dream. This is a reality. And this reality, we have to stop What's going on here? Instead of me trying to just try to change it back with Thawne, we're going to go and we're going to fight Aquaman and Wonder Woman and stop this madness. And Batman says we're not. Batman pretty much in this point says no. We're either going to fix this or we're going to let this freaking universe burn. We're going to let this world burn. And at this point, Cyborg comes out with everyone else. And Barry says, listen, get a, get a everybody that refused to join this team on the horn we're doing this. We're going to make it happen. But Batman still isn't in – he's not in yet. He's there, and that's when Barry even says, why do they need Batman? Why is it that Batman needs to be involved? And Cyborg explains it's just this urban legend about Batman that he is invincible, and without him, these other heroes won't do this. But – you have the kids, the, the Shazam, the Captain Thunder kids, they're all involved. They want to go. Of course, Element Woman, she's all for it. And they're going to go off, and Bruce is still just standing there. And that's where Barry turns to him and says, Bruce would have come. Bruce would have done this. And as they go, that's when Batman stops them and says, Cyborg, wait. Tell the others to meet us there. So Batman is involved. You know that this resistance is going to happen now. And we go to the New Themyscira while the battle, the war, is raging on. And in fact, Aquaman is in the middle of fighting Wonder Woman. And you get a couple really big things here through their dialogue to each other as they're fighting. Jeff Johns wants us to know exactly what has led to this. And he does it very well because Wonder Woman has killed Mara, killed his Aquaman's wife, and is wearing her helmet in a messed up move uh, that he says, you know, you're wearing this as a trophy. And she says, no, a warning, because as they were saying that, Wonder Woman says, I didn't just kill her. I was protecting myself. She tried to assassinate me. And then the big thing happens where Aquaman says, I can't believe I ever loved you. And she returns with, you never really did. You murdered my wife, Diana. She tried to assassinate me, Arthur. I was protecting myself. Yet you wear her helmet like a trophy. No, a warning. <laughs> I ever loved you. You never did. 
And as this is going on, our heroes arrive. They arrive in New Themyscira. And I just want to point out that Andy Kuber and the, the art team are so incredible. This whole event, these five issues all look fantastic. And this panel of them just arriving there, all of them, you know, you have Captain Thunder, Enchantress, Flash, Batman, Cyborg, Element Woman, uh, a armored up Tawny, just look awesome. They just look incredible. But as they're going there, they're coming up with a battle plan. And Captain Thunder, he doesn't really want to hear a battle plan. He's there for one reason and one reason only and says it. I'm getting Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's mine and goes and tackles her. In the meantime, Flash is still holding out hope that these people can be reasoned with, even though this is a dark alternate universe that has changed and isn't his reality. I, he still holds a just a little bit of hope that these heroes that he knew, like an Aquaman, could be reasoned with and goes off to talk to him, even though Batman says, this is a mass murder. He is not going to talk to you. But now we're getting near the end of the issue, and now big things happen. And the biggest thing is that we find out who this traitor has been all along in this resistance, and it is Enchantress. And she chooses this time to expose herself by using the Shazam word and magically separating the kids out of Captain Thunder. So Captain Thunder is no longer there. Wonder Woman's fighting Captain Thunder. The next thing, the kids separate out and they're laying there and they're there. And Wonder Woman looks at them and sees Billy Batson and just says, oh my God, he's just a boy. And you're, you're hoping that this would kind of bring light to her of how awful these things are. That's not what happens. Wonder Woman just charges and she kills Billy Batson. She kills him. She killed a boy. And I mean, you're not going back from this. This is, I think, the final bit of where you see that what Thomas Wayne said about this universe, that if we can't change things, this this universe just has to burn. I'm agreeing with him. And I think even Barry at this point has to agree that these people cannot be reasoned with. As this is going on, Barry's just there on the ground. He's laying there on the ground, and he's like, no, he was just a boy. And then all of a sudden, you see from off panel, somebody say, oh, Barry. And the cliffhanger is Zoom. It is Eobard Thawne, reverse flash, and he's saying, look what you did. And really, it's so crazy. He's in the rubble. The battle's still raging on. But really, of all this, this is really the first time we've fully seen Reverse Flash. This is the penultimate issue. This is the cliffhanger leading into the final issue that we finally do see Reverse Flash. So, yeah, it, we, we end with a crazy death of Billy Batson only to see Reverse Flash just pretty much taunting Barry. Uh, tell him, look what you did. And we are finally here. We're at the final issue, issue number five of Flashpoint. And the solicit for this says, Flash fact, the war between the Amazons and the Atlanteans has arrived. The battle between Diana, Themyscira, and Emperor Alchemy will tear this world apart unless the Flash can fix it. Sounds a lot like the last solicit. And we start off with Thawne taunting Barry. They're on the battlefield still. And he is taunting Barry for being slow mentally and physically and just laughing at him that this world is being torn apart by his friends. And Barry just wants to know, why did you do this? Why? And that's when Thawne starts laughing and he says, no, you know what? I didn't do anything. 
you're the villain of this whole story. And Barry just doesn't know what's going on. He's like, you know, what, what, what do you mean? And Thawne goes and says, I'm going to reset your internal vibrations. I'm, I'm doing air quotes now because I really don't know what that means. But by doing this, I am going to show you exactly what happened. And he does. He does show Barry that what had happened is the year anniversary of when Barry had found out that Thawne indeed had gone back in time and killed his mother. He couldn't take it anymore. And he pulled all the speed force into himself and went and stopped it. He stopped Thawne from killing his mother. And he explains it as at that point then, he was like a bullet in a windshield. He shattered history. And the lives of everyone close to him were changed into a, what he says, a broken path. And then says, listen, this hell that you see, everything you've dealt with and all of this time, it's all your fault. You traded the life of your mother for the rest of the world. What did you do to the world? Oh, Barry. That's the beauty of all this. I didn't do any of it. You did. Think, Barry. Isn't there some little thing, some little good deed you might have done? I saved someone. Yes. I saved her. I saved Mom. Now, this isn't the only messed up thing that you find out. Uh, Eobard starts to taunt both Thomas and Barry and explains that not only was this timeline changed and that this new universe was created because of what Barry did, but because Eobard was in the Speed Force when this happened, he is actually now a paradox. He is outside of the timeline. He exists outside the timeline. Now, in the regular timeline, Reverse Flash needs Barry Allen. He cannot kill Barry Allen because he needs Barry Allen to continue on because he is from the 25th century. He came back, but he needs Barry to become the Flash and have the speed force so that he eventually can become Reverse Flash. So it was always these shackles that he had on him that he could not kill Barry because he is now this paradox outside the timeline. He doesn't need Barry Allen anymore. He can kill Barry Allen without any consequence to his reality. And he starts taunting Barry and says, you know what? I could go back and kill you in your mom's wound. I could kill you right now. I could kill you five minutes from now. I can kill you before. As he's doing this and just taunting, all of a sudden, something goes through his chest and you see that it is Thomas Wayne Batman has run a sword through reverse flash and basically says how about me can i kill you and then gives him the advice as reverse flash is dying says doctor's advice when you're middle of in the middle of a war don't stand still and thawne is dead and the battle's raging on around them all hell's breaking loose characters are all over the place people are dying uh grifter shows up with his resistance team uh, Enchantress is just going to town. She's just shooting everyone. It doesn't even seem at that point that she cares what side she's on. And she says, I just like to get things messy. Girls just want to have fun. Girls just want to blast things. And she's blasting away. She actually blasts Thomas Wayne. He jumps uh, in front of Barry, it seems, and takes a blast. He's going down. While all this is happening, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they hear a sound. Barry looks up in the sky and goes, I knew it. And that's when Superman arrives. And he lands on the battlefield. And I 
I have to tell you, I actually forgot about Superman. All this stuff happening with Reverse Flash and Flash himself and just all the chaos. I actually forgot all about skinny Superman, uh, Subject 1. But he lands and says, no more. And he starts entering. And at this point, you see that he's fighting Aquaman. And Aquaman realizes that this is a battle. I, I think that he's like, nobody's winning this, so I'm going to go out my own way. He has set up bombs all over New Themyscira, and it looks like he has set them off. So New Themyscira and Europe seems to be about to sink. And you get these explosions going on. In the meantime, Barry goes to talk to Thomas, and Thomas is dying. He really is dying, and he knows he is. And he says, you have to keep your promise you can save my son. And Barry says, I can't run away from this. I can't leave all of you people dying in this world in chaos. And he says, how can I do this? And that's when Thomas says, the same reason I can leave this world behind. I know a better world will replace it, but I'm sorry. And you look and you're like, what is he sorry about? And he says, I'm sorry about your mother. And it's a real touching moment, especially from a Batman that is so gruff and over the top. Uh, but yeah, he said, Barry gets the letter and off he goes. And he goes, and the problem is he's focused on his mom. So as he's running, he ends up at his house with his mom. And she wants to know what's going on. He tells her, listen, I'm the Flash, and all of these problems are because of me. And basically because I went back to try to save you. And she wants to know at that point, like, how many people died because of just me? And he says millions. And she wants him to change this. Jeff Johns does do a thing here where she wants him to just go back. Just go back and change when you start it. And he says, listen, I, I could, but I don't have the cosmic treadmill. He throws the cosmic treadmill out there. Uh, so I can't really do it that way. But she says there has to be a way. You have to just you, – you were thinking of me when you were doing this. So I was this lightning rod. Think of yourself and you'll be drawn to yourself in this – in the speed force. So he does. He, he ends up – and it, it's not even like at that point he's still convinced this is his mom. And he says, you know – I won't let you die. I won't let this life be erased. And she says, it won't be. And then he starts as his mom and she says, no, it happened, Barry. One way or another, the life we had together happened. And I couldn't have been prouder or happier to have a son like you. And it's a very touching moment. He says goodbye. He doesn't want to let her go. And she says, it's fine. I'll be with your father. And he goes off. He goes he goes to catch himself uh, in the time stream of when he did go back, and he does catch up to himself, and he said, you know, I'm sorry. God, I'm so sorry, but what I'm doing, I have to do this. In the meantime, his other self is trying to save his mom, but he grabs, punches him off of the cosmic treadmill, and there it does. It changes everything, and he now has to put the timeline back together. And it's a one page, a big splash page of the universe being put together. But the problem is when he goes to get back into the time stream, he sees three timelines and he's wondering why. And in the middle of this page is who we find out later is Pandora. And she explains it to him and says, because the history of heroes was shattered into three long ago. Splintered to weaken your world for their impending arrival. You must all stand together. The timelines must become one again. You can help me fix that, Barry Allen, but at a cost. And this is the beginning of the New 52. This is the forming of the New 52 universe where you had the Wildstorm, the Vertigo, and the DC universe all coming together. But we're not sure that everything is fine until then. 
Barry gets woken up again. He gets woken up by Forrest just as he did at the beginning of this whole event. And everything is back to normal. It's Barry had been working on cold cases by himself. He's been working 18 hours with that. That's something Barry always does. And that Singh would be upset. And Forrest says, are you okay? And Barry says, yeah. Uh, then we go to the final scene. Is Flash going to do what he told Thomas Wayne that he would do? He goes to the Batcave. And he gets in the Batcave and he sees Bruce. And he's like, Bruce says, Flash? And Barry says, Bruce. It is Bruce, isn't it? Like he's still unsure if everything is fine or maybe he messed something up. And Bruce says, of course it is. What's wrong, Barry? What's happened? And that's where Barry tells him the story. And Jeff Johns is not going to go through the whole thing. Basically, you have them talking. But then at the end, Bruce says, the whole world changed because you tried to prevent your mother's murder. And Barry says, yep, that's what happened. It was on the brink of destruction. Um, and Bruce says, it's everything back to normal now. Barry says, as far as I can tell, uh, you know, I should have known better than doing that. But Bruce says to him then, you know what? You, If you had that power, I would have done the same thing. I know I would have. I have thought of this before. But Barry then says, there's something weird about this. I still remember the memories from this other universe. I remember doing things with my mom. I remember taking my driver's test when I was 16. I remember having dinner with her last Sunday, last week. And I don't understand why this is. Maybe it's a temporal after effect or a result of chronal residue, he says in his bloodstream. And Bruce says then, and Bruce is great in the scene. This whole time, Bruce is just there pretty much to comfort Barry because then he says, or it could be a gift. And Barry just kind of stops and thinks, and he's like, yep. And then Bruce says a gift to make it all a little easier. And it's really, really good, but it, it gets better. And I'm telling you, I'm going to have to try not to actually tear up. I, every time I read this last bit, I do because Barry says, listen, Bruce, there was some other thing I didn't tell you. There's someone I met, someone I couldn't have saved the world without. And he told me to give you this. And you see, he has the letter that Thomas asked him to deliver. And Bruce says, like, what is this? And he gets it. And now you have to realize, in this part, Bruce is full out Batman. He has the cowl on. He's all with everything. And he opens up the letter. You see a little of it. And Barry just looks away as he's doing this. Batman actually stands up and staggers and falls to his knees while reading this letter. Then he gets up, sits down again, and pulls the cowl back and continues reading. And you see the end of the letter, him holding it. And it says, love always your father, Thomas. And you see him. Bruce is crying. Bruce has tears just flowing out. I'm telling you, I'm getting misty-eyed right now. And then he turns to Barry and he says, you're one hell of a messenger. Thank you, Barry. And then Barry just says, you're welcome, Bruce. And that's the end. It ends like that. And it's such a great ending. And I'm serious. I always kind of tear up at that. And in general, this was the event that did lead to the creation of the New 52. And I can't say that you have to read this to enjoy the New 52 or even really understand it. Though recently in Rebirth, some of these events and, and this is coming into play and I think it will gather more momentum that way. But it is a, it's an event that I think is great. I think that everybody should read it no matter what, no, no matter if they're a fan of the New 52 or not. It's just such a well-written story. It's like a blockbuster movie, like a summer movie. It's just great. 
Uh, I am al- always a fan of like Elseworld stories and things, but this one it has that little bit more where it does matter. It's not just a alternate universe that you can have fun in and you're going to go. This the, the universe that we know and love was hanging in the balance, and Barry ended up changing it back into what did become the New 52. If I was going to rate this, It'd be tough for me as a whole to rate it anything lower than a 9.5. It's that good. It is so good. So I say everybody should go and read it if you haven't already. And also, obviously, by now you've noticed I have put in uh, clips from the movie Flashpoint Paradox. And while that does change the story around uh, considerably, I actually like that as a companion piece as well. I have a lot of fun watching that just as something different, like a different take of it. And really, the basic parts of it are there, so you can go and enjoy that as well. But that's the end of this episode. Uh, thank you for listening to me drone on about the Flashpoint event. And we will be starting up the proper New 52 Review podcast next episode. Once again, I've mentioned it a 100 times with Justice League uh, Volume 1 Origins from the New 52 And I'm going to be joined by at least Eric, hopefully Eric and Brandon. We're trying to work out some things, but it won't just be me. Uh, It'll be me and somebody else, if not a bunch of people. But yeah, thanks a lot for listening, and I'll talk to you later. You broke the coronal barrier, went back in time, prevented your mother's murder, and completely changed the time stream. Nearly destroying the entire world along the way, yes. There's still something I don't understand. I remember all of it. Not just what happened after I woke up there, but my whole other life. I remember every birthday cake my mother ever baked me. My room. Everything. Perhaps some kind of temporal after effect? Or perhaps it was a gift. Yes, a gift. This is my father's handwriting. Thank you.